0: the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london When Andy said that we were looking at James and especially chapter three I was like yes and, and I get to share my thoughts on this passage and I've read James probably I can't even tell you how many times I've read it in chapter three again and again and again and I should know it by heart I've read it so many times that I should know it but I don't and the reason I read it is because I struggle with everything in it yeah. so literally there was a point where I was reading it daily and even though I think that I'm a thousand more a thousand percent more reined in than I ever have been I'm sure that Andy and my family would disagree and probably V <laughs> would disagree because I said that he looks like Asian Aquaman That's as <laughs> through the door <laughs> though, right? So. I yeah, exactly. I talk a lot. If, you, <laughs> if you've ever spent time with me, you will know that I talk a lot. I've always loved words. I started speaking really early. I could read fluently um, by the age of three or just before three. And it's something that my parents have always been proud of and encouraged me um, to do. Um, speaking a lot has given me lots of opportunities. It's given me uh, free flights, free upgrades, as as Andy was talking, free champagne, entry into lots of exclusive events, but it has also got me into lots of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have thrown people under the bus, especially Andy, by sharing stories um, out of context or out of context or not giving the full story. And um, I guess the most negative effect that talking a lot has had is that the midwives when I was giving birth to Eden didn't believe that I was in labour because they couldn't believe that somebody would talk so much and be in that much pain. And with hindsight, I think I realised that um, finding out what the hospital was serving for lunch the next day was a happy distraction for everything else that was going on so we're in 2019 now and i feel like there's never been so many platforms to express your views your thoughts and to talk And in this day and age, we're encouraged to speak our truth. Trina and I were talking about that this morning. We're encouraged to speak up, to speak out. So James chapter 3 almost seems countercultural to what we've been told to do. Um, Reining it in or putting a guard on your tongue actually almost doesn't seem natural right now. But here's what James has to say. And I'm going to read it from the message version because I absolutely love this version. I love the way that it puts it. So if you can try and follow along with the ESV... um, hopefully it will still make sense. James chapter three. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of their life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrong placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole wor- world up in smoke and go up and smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild like a wanton killer. With our tongues we bless our God, our Father, and with the same tongues we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Cursings and blessings, or curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this cannot go on. <laughs> I read a quote somewhere that said, There aren't many sins that don't involve talking in some way. There aren't many sins that don't Involved talking in some way. Uh, my mum is one of seven siblings, five girls and two boys. And if you know anything about women and little girls, they love to talk. And I think I finally met my equal in Eden because she talks a lot. But my mum loved sharing stories about when she grew up and what it was like back home in Trinidad. And there is one story that she used to share again and again, um, probably almost like a warning to us. And that is the story of uh, my grandmother having a play date with um, another lady. Another lady came to her house for lunch and all seven siblings were around playing seamlessly unaware of the conversation. And this woman was pouring her heart out to my grandmother. And my grandmother was listening and listening to her frustrations about her relationships and everything else and um, it was a school night so once the lady had left it took ages um, they went to bed and that was that next day it's true story (laughs) my mum and one of her sisters was walking into the class I will call this sister auntie B and um, she walked up to the teacher and is trying to get the teachers attention and she's pulling on her skirt and she's saying miss 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 And the teacher looks down at her and she says yes it's not a good Trinidadian accent at all. <laughs> Miss, my mummy said, Mr. Carlton is not your real father. <laughs> True story. So the teacher looks at my Auntie B, and um, they, they whisper. My mom's standing by her side. She didn't really hear the conversation, but she sends her away and that's it. They go about their school day unaware that the teacher has then called my grandmother <laughs> who was waiting at home. So at the end of the school day, all seven siblings go home. They're really excited. They're really excited because my grandmother is there and she's got a big grin and she's welcoming. She's so excited to see them. They're even more excited that she's left them to play outside. They're allowed to stay a little bit longer. But Auntie B has got a special treat. She's got sweet bread and sorrel in the house. (laughs) She's looking really excited. She goes in and my grandmother shuts the door. Auntie B hasn't been seen since. (laughs) yeah she's alive and well <laughs> but had she read had she read Proverbs 13 verse 3 whoever guards his mouth preserves his life he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin had she had read that maybe she wouldn't have opened her mouth and that had serious repercussions I don't even have to tell you that her bomb is probably still red raw <laughs> so many verses in Proverbs talk about the tongue and about what you say and about your speech and about how what you say matters. But I think that it would be naive in this day and age to not also extend that to social media, to Twitter, to Instagram, to any platform or anywhere that you are sharing words. I've worked in online publishing for 10 years now and I am still shocked to this day by some of the vitriol, the nastiness, the trolling that I see every single day across all sorts of um, platforms. And even Christians themselves, I've seen Christians like, share and retweet blatantly racist stuff, blatantly homophobic, homophobic, offensive, loads of stuff. And it's still quite shocking. And James even says we are not perfect. He's not expecting us to be perfect. God's not expecting us to be perfect, but we have to try. We really, really do. The Bible says clearly that there is power in the tongue. The tongue has the power to bring life and death. And so what we say to people really does matter. It can last a lifetime, whether good or bad, Casual, sarcastic, critical words cause long-lasting emotional hurt. You can just think about the times that people have said things to you. Like, I, I replay conversations in my head all the time, things that people have said. Um, I wish they were trying now. <laughs> like you can go back to when you're 15. You've, got, you've probably got a comeback for everything that's ever said to you now. But, um, yeah, the kind word on, by contrast, kind words, positive words, encouragement, compliments can really inspire people and change people's life. In one of these publishing houses that um, I worked in, I was trained in um, a programme that cost £15,000 a month to host. So if your company or organisation had enough money, you could collect data about every single social media platform and who was using it. So for example, you could type in the necessary things and you could find out what a 13-year-old, I don't know, um, girl in Storrington was Googling or tweeting about. So you could then change your content to relate to that area, boost your stats, and obviously make more money. And some of you might think, who cares? You can do that now. You can get so much information, like Facebook ads is proof that it's working. There's lots of technology that can do that, and that can gather information. But what this particular program did, was that it could also recall every single deleted post across every single platform. That's Twitter, Facebook, any forum. So we're there kind of tweeting, posting, sharing things. Sometimes you get a bit like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, and you delete it quickly. Back in those days, people weren't really screen grabbing things. But um, it's never really, really gone. It's never gone. And whilst I was there, this program was actually being used in the trial of a famous celebrity I won't I can't go into details um, we actually had to dis- to sign um, clauses and they went to court the media didn't really pick up on it but the fact that they deleted something that was offensive thought that it was gone but this program could pull it out of the other once it's out there it actually is out there so quote James this is scary Can you imagine if there was a technology to recall every single conversation that you had had with anybody ever? Anybody you'd messaged, anybody you had a phone call with, people you just speak to randomly on the bus. Can you imagine what that would look like? (laughs) (laughs) Matthew 12, 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. I remember being at a youth conference and the pastor there described it as um, being in a cinema with, again, everybody you've ever met, anybody you've ever come in contact with and the words that you've said to them being played across the screen. Every message, every DM, every phone call. (laughs) I tell you, no word of a lie. I've never got down on my knees so fast and prayed (laughs) that God would forgive me. And that is serious. And I I don't think that it will actually necessarily play out like that, but we do... And we will have to give an account to God about all the careless things and that's not just saying that you have to be nice all the time you have to sugarcoat absolutely everything but especially online when there's no need to be so nasty it's about thinking about your words thinking about the context and thinking about whether there's a better way to say things James compares the tongue to fire and fires aren't always bad we use fire for heating and for cooking and to give light but What we want is less forest fires and more of using God's power to honour him and to honour others.
1: So, James chapter 3, verse 13. I'm just finishing the chapter off just so that we... Because this series, we're doing every single chapter of James. There's only five. It's not like it's an amazing achievement. Like, it's not going to go on my gravestone or anything. So, who is wise and and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. That escalated quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. The word for disorder there is, um, it's more like frantic, nonsensical violence. So, like, think of the riots or just, you know, the kind of crazy fighting stuff that happens within communities just out of, out of the blue, bang, kicks off. Um, that's what he means by disorder. And every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who who make peace. So the first question, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? I think so often one of the things that I found growing up in church and being around church and doing consultancy for churches and doing loads of different ministries, all different kind of uh, trends, different backgrounds, different uh, traditions, is that I find there are a particular profile of individuals that people would call like a mature Christian and you get this this category that is kind of held up as this is the kind of image, the type of person that you want to kind of grow into becoming like and you want to be like them. The problem I have found in my experience is more often than not, in a number of different churches I've been at, sometimes they've held up a really good image, a really good person and a really good profile and you're like, oh cool, okay, like like that. But sometimes what has been held up, in my experience, I would say 40% of the time, has been someone who's mature And when they're normally mature, they're normally cynical, they're normally um, a bit sarcastic, they're lacking in any faith or anything, they're not believing for anything, they're just good at destructing things, taking it down. It's like, I call them the kind of people that kind of keep people's faith manila. So it's like, your faith will never be vibrant, your faith will never be colourful, you say anything exciting or anything you're excited about, and they they find a way to make it manila. They find a way to bring it down, they find a way to go, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." they're never like, that's amazing, that's great. You share it like a dream that God puts on your heart and it's bang, straight in the bin. And they're held up as this kind of person. But James here doesn't mix his words. One of the things he says is he says, by his con- good conduct, let him show his works. So it's not like he knows a lot of stuff. It's not about the information he knows. He's like, you know stuff, that's great. But if, if what you know doesn't take legs, if it doesn't have hands, if it doesn't walk about, if it doesn't live amongst the community, all of it is just irrelevant. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now meekness of wisdom, is like a gentleness, and it's really, really strange. So this letter is, he he, in the first verse of James, he said, this is for the diaspora. He says, the children of Israel, the diaspora spread out among the nations, which kind of flowed out. The last series we were in, in Jeremiah, where, and I kicked this off in the first week, making this point, that when he says this, what he's saying is, he's tying it with Jeremiah, saying that when they got spread out because of their bad behavior, and they went through this horrific time, he was like, listen, the nation you're in, you need to bless the nation you're in. You need to bless them because their wellness is your wellness. You need to see that actually being in the diaspora doesn't mean you just keep thinking about Israel, but you start doing the thing where you are for the people where you are, blessing them and doing that. So when James is saying this, he's kind of speaking out to these people, going, this is what it's about. We're gonna be these people that go to these other places. It's not about trying tribal, it's not about ourselves, it's not identifying with those who are like us, but being a blessing to whoever is around us, because that will be their wellness, it will also be our wellness, and then here he says, in the meekness of wisdom, now this is a crazy statement for him to say, because he is giving such a powerful, important word and timely reminder to a people group who are spread out throughout a a largely Greco-Roman world, And and for the Greek mentality, for the Western mentality, for the Roman mentality, the idea of meekness and gentleness is a weakness. Like meekness is not a strength. It's not a good character. And so what he's saying is, he's saying the wisdom of God is found in meekness and in gentleness. And we see this with Jesus, this whole thing of turning the other cheek, this whole thing of like redemptive violence is broken and he goes to a cross. Instead of calling down mad hench angels to like murk everybody, he's standing there going, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. James has given them this timely reminder, by his good conduct, let him show his works, his actions in the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast to be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. I think sometimes when we talk about jealousy and selfish ambition, which is one of the big drivers of our time, sometimes we we fail to see someone else get something new and nice and think, brilliant man, they've got that new nice thing. We think about how we want that new nice thing, this jealousy thing, out of nowhere. We can't just celebrate that they've got it. Why can't we celebrate that they've got it? Do you know what I mean? That's ridiculous. We should easily be able to see someone get a new car and go, I'm so happy they've got a new car. And I'm thinking, I wish I had a new car. (laughs) Someone goes from an apartment to like a really big house. Why can't we just go, Yes. Yes. Instead of, oh, but mine is still. Someone gets this or someone gets that. Someone gets a promotion at work. We go, where's where's my promotion? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so what he says here is, is you and I, we have this thing about selfish ambition and jealousy. And like, you know, it's like, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. What? That's not true. Of course you can. Of course you can help someone else. You don't have to be smart to have all the answers to help someone. You can just give it a go. You know what I mean? The thing that perpetuates all the problems in the world, everything comes down from, like Joey says, the things that we say, but it stems back to the heart. Are we gonna have a heart of meekness of wisdom that doesn't have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in our hearts? You know, people who boast, it says, do not boast and be false to the truth. One of the things I found about boasting is, it's a crazy thing when you think about it. I've heard someone recently, a few people around me go like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just such an alpha male. I'm like, mm, it's kind of, you keep saying that, it's like, I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to keep saying it. It's like you're waiting for me to get in line and go, oh, you are. <laughs> I don't care whether you are or you're not. I, I just don't care. Or you get someone who's always saying about their salary. Like there's some people you know their salary. Every time they get paid and they get an upgrade, and they get a pay rise, you know exactly what they're on. And there's something about it that is just so. It leaves you thinking like, this doesn't, you know what I mean? It just feels so so strange, so false, so weird. Instead of just being like, oh I got a pay rise and then that's it. You get some people who are like, it's like they're trying to recreate this thing. There's this thing about boasting. Boasting is always false. You never see Jesus going around boasting. You just don't see it. He boasts in the goodness of God, even though he is God. And he boasts and he points to his father. You and I so often, and when I find Christians and they go like, you know, don't bust yourself boasting the Lord, but then they boast about their anointing, like they have ownership of it. And I'm like, ah, you're a bit of a waste, man. A bit of a waste, man. We boast in what God does for us. We don't boast in ourselves. When we boast about things, we become false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above this is earthly, this is unspiritual, this is actually demonic. For where jealousy and, and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder, fighting, and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure. So we respect a lot of people that have billions and billions of pounds, but those people with billions and billions of pounds could solve people dying of starvation in a moment like that. They can make a decision. I don't rate those guys. They're everything this passage is talking about. They have the complete capacity to do something. They have no desire to do so because they're consumed by bitter jealousy and selfish ambition but wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace it's father's day today and i want to kind of end on this one there's my parents my dad's been great like a couple of moments you know everyone has most of their parents they're like yeah that wasn't so hot but I remember one time when I was on holiday, I was like 17, 16, I was about to have my 17th birthday. I was on holiday, my, my best friend Mark was with me and my mum and dad and we were in, um, I think, Tenerife. And it was my birthday and I woke up and I wanted my presents. My presents mainly weren't there. There was only a couple little things and some cards. But on your birthday, you just wanted to feel like your birthday, so I was like, hey, mom, like where's, where's my presents and my cards or whatever. And it wasn't the morning, it was like a bit later in the day. And she was, she was like, no, she wouldn't give them to me. And I was like, what the heck is this? So we start having this disagreement. My mum is amazing. My mum is never like this. This was the one freak moment in my life where I was like, you don't make any sense. She would lost the plot. And then my dad hears me arguing with my mum. My dad comes in and he just has a go at me because he's like, how dare you speak to your mum like this? So I'm like, you know what? I turn to Cartman from South Park. I'm like, screw you guys, I'm getting ahead." So I just walk out. <laughs> go straight down to the bar by the by the pool, and I'm, I'm hanging out with all the guys we're hanging out with, just drinking, having fun. Like It's my birthday. Screw it. I'm just going to have fun. I'm down by the bar, and then my, my best mate Mark comes, and he goes, you got to go speak to your dad right now. Like, right now. I was like, I don't need to speak to my dad right now. Right? I'm not talking to them. Like, I'm annoyed at them. Whatever. And he goes, no, you don't understand. Your dad is coming down right now, and he's going to come to the bar, and he's going to apologize to you in front of everyone. That is going to be so frustrating freaking embarrassing and I'm looking at him and I'm like oh my gosh and by the time I realize I'm trying to run I only get like 10 meters away from all like 20, 30 people are hanging out drinking with guys, girls, whatever and my dad is there and he's just like son I'm so sorry I've chatted him. mom I didn't realize like there's no reason for this it's your birthday like we're really sorry my dad just apologized there and there me and my dad have never spoken about that moment ever since and we probably never ever will But I never forgot that moment because my dad taught me something. And it's one of the things, it wasn't just with me in that one moment, I saw it his whole life. My dad screws up loads of times. My dad goes straight to people and makes peace. It's awkward, it's a difficult situation, I don't want to bring it up, but there's my dad just walking straight over. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My dad's just making peace, making peace. And the great thing about dads is, which is the great indicator and the great barometer, is dads don't go looking at their kids for selfish ambition. You're not throwing your kids out of the way to get ahead in life. Do you know what I mean? Everywhere else, you're throwing everyone out of the way. In the workplace, everyone's throwing each other out of the way to climb to the top. Your boss wants you to make him look good to go higher. I'm not looking at my girls going like, how are my girls gonna give me a foot up? I'm looking just going, I wanna lift them up. We have a father in heaven and today we're celebrating him, but we're celebrating men the men in our lives that help us give a foot up, not the ones that push us down. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wisdom from above is gentle. Wisdom from above guards our mouth. Wisdom from above is being quick to bring about peace. I'm going to pray for us today and that'll be it. Father God, I thank you for your goodness, your grace and your mercy towards us. I pray that you'd be with us. Father, I just pray that you would bless every single father figure, every single father, every single man in our lives that isn't trying to tread on us and over us but it's trying to lift us up and pushing us onwards which is the exact same thing you've done to us we were lost and dead in our sins and yet you became flesh and blood and gave us a bump up you gave us a boost you lifted us up to receive an inheritance we could never have dreamed of father would we be a part of building that same peace in our communities in our friendships in our families with our kids, with our friends, with our loved ones and with those who need it so desperately this week, Lord God. Give us, what, not, help us not just to say, not say bad things, but help us to use our tongue like Jody said. Fire can be used for loads of good things. May our words bring warmth to people. May our words renew energy in people. May our words reveal what's not there. May it be like lights bursting forth instead of destructive and burning down. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.